Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is At Home Connecticut, hosted by Joey Burgoyne, highlighting events and happenings that are taking place in your home. Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome to another episode of At Home in Connecticut. I'm your host, Joey Burgoyne, and nature is still out there. It is open. We have all been encased in our own little pandemic box, but the nature and nature centers are still doing what they can do to keep you entertained, educated, and excited about the outdoors. And joining me this morning is Jay Kaplan. He's the director of the Roaring Brook Nature Center over in Canton. Jay, good morning, sir. How have you been for the past few months? Well, I'm hanging in there, Joey, and I hope you're doing the same. Good morning to you, and thanks for having me. So, you know, you're with the Roaring Brook Nature Center over in Canton, and everyone has had to adapt and kind of overcome the COVID protocols, guidelines, and just do what they need to do to keep people entertained. And that's the thing, you know, we're trying to keep people entertained during this time of the year. Everyone's facing some stuff, but entertaining, enlightening, and educating is something the Roaring Brook Nature Center has been doing for a long time, frankly. So what have you guys been able to do to kind of keep that going for people? Well, we're um, obviously we're operating in a different realm than we did before COVID-19 came on the scene almost a year ago now. Um, we had to cut back on a lot of what we once did, but we have also found that people are looking for things to do, and one of the things they are doing is getting outdoors. We have probably more people walking our trails um, than ever before. Unfortunately, we are not allowed to do the protocols, we can't do the large group programs or educational programs that we once did, but we are, we are still doing small group walks and we're finding they're very popular because people are looking to get outdoors and, um, and enjoy it. The Nature Center itself has had to adapt to some guidelines, like we were saying off air before we got going, is you know less people, different hours. People still visit the Nature Center and what are the hours now? Sure. Um, currently during the winter, our building is only open on Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. and on Sunday from 1 until 4 p.m. We are here the rest of the week, but we are unable to um, have public visitors come in. Our trails, on the other hand, are open daily, dawn until dusk. There's an outdoor scavenger hunt that people can do on the trails. Um, we change it every few weeks. Are the trails are getting a little bit more active? Um, they are. There are more people walking the trails. It's not to the point where people need to be concerned about social distancing because there's plenty of, of trails and um, you can keep your distance from other family groups. But there are more people out, um, whether it's during the week or on the weekends. In fact, even when our building is open, there are people who are just walking the trails. We'd like them to come inside and say hello. And of course, some of them do, but um, a lot of them are just out here to walk, to 
to take a break um, from whatever else they may be doing or just to clear their heads and enjoy the natural world. So to see people out on the trails, enjoying nature, getting back to nature. And I think during this COVID pandemic, people are really getting back to nature over last year, the fall, the winter and coming into spring. If people want to continue that, do you guys need volunteers for the trails or maintenance or, you know, if the nature center opens back up do you guys look for volunteers or how can people help out with stuff like that well places like ours always rely on volunteers in a number of ways another restriction is that we cannot take as many volunteers inside the building we're severely limited in terms of that but once the temperatures moderate and the snow melts and spring arrives there are plenty of things I'm sure we'll need to do along the trails, whether it's um, removing branches or repairing trails, and we always can use volunteer help for those types of activities. No, because we've had the few storms come through, and you know, particularly last August with the tropical storm, and then winter's always just brutal in any environment with the cold and the wind, and there's always you know branches or limbs stuff getting you know, strewn about in windstorms. So that's cool that, you know, volunteers. And that's the thing I don't think people, a lot of people realize is placing like places like yours at the nature center kind of, I don't want to say revolve, but really strive when the volunteer core is there. Right. They do. And in fact, we have an auxiliary, a Rory Brook nature center auxiliary that um, helps us out with a number of things. At one time they did events here, of course, we um, are unable to do those as well um, because of restrictions, but um, the auxiliary is still um, functioning and, um, and we are always looking for new auxiliary members. And one thing, you know, we've been talking a lot about the outdoor stuff and nature, but what, you know, the Roaring Brook Nature Center just isn't about outdoors. We touched on this a little bit, the rehabilitation of animals. How's that going right now for you guys? Well, that's still going. We've been very fortunate in that we have received um, some grants and also contributions in order to keep our wildlife clinic running. Our wildlife clinic runs pretty much entirely through contributions that are made to help us um, protect animals. Prior to um, COVID in 2019, we took in over 650 animals during the course of the year. Last year, we were closed for three and a half months, so those numbers dropped quite a bit. But for example, this January, this year, we've taken in quite a few birds of prey, hawks and owls. In the wintertime, these birds often start hunting the roadsides where they have greater visibility and access to prey, especially after it snows, um, when there's snow on the ground, but the roads have been cleared. And unfortunately, um, when flying across the road, they can be hit by automobiles. Um, in many cases, the birds are injured picked up, brought here, and we try to nurse them back to health. There's a lot of birds and, you know, in the state, and a lot of people really pay attention to, I guess, the glamour birds, I'll call them, the, the raptors, the owls, sure. the hawks. And, you know, for places that, like you guys to help rehabilitate those and educate when you're able to about these animals, they play a very large role in the ecosystem here in the state. Oh, they, they very much do. And sadly, there are not a whole lot of raptor rehabilitators in Connecticut. Uh, you can probably count them on your hands. Um, you require state and federal permits in order to take care of these birds. And um, there just oftentimes aren't enough rehabilitators to care for all the birds that are in need. Now you guys are one of those places, I see this on your website, support right. a raptor program. Tell me more. Right. 
Well, that's, that's one of the ways that we raise funds to support our wildlife clinic. But we also have a lot of other raptors and other animals that are behind the scenes. Those are the ones that are being rehabilitated. They are not visible to the public um, because we don't want them getting used to being around people in the hopes that they'll be released and can return to the wild. And that, that's one of the things places like yours do is there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on. How did you, as Mr. Jay Kaplan, director of the Roaring Brook Nature Center, what sparked your interest into getting into something like this? Well, that's a very interesting <laughs> question, Joey, because coming from a suburban area, um, my, my mother, even after I was already here as director of the Nature Center, always wondered why, if I liked animals so much, I didn't become a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. I really didn't have any desire to become a veterinarian, but I had a very strong interest in the natural world, and um, perhaps it was when I was a very young child, um, my father's family lived in the Bronx in New York City, and right near their apartment was a park where people would go and walk, and people would sit on park benches and feed pigeons and squirrels, and I can remember that even as a preschooler, and perhaps that sparked my interest. But I, but I often think that some people have just have a, an innate um, interest in the natural world and in, in plants and animals and and are and gravitate towards this field and that's one of those things hopefully with you know a lot more people getting out and enjoying nature there's some young jake haplins out there roaming around digging up sticks looking under rocks and just looking for all that is great in nature you know well, that... we certainly hope so because what's really important especially today is that people are aware of the interrelationships that exist within the natural world and between people and the natural world. And um, that it's really, you know, it's, it's really important at this point in time to maintain these outdoor places. Uh, I watched growing up as a child on Long Island, I watched concrete just move across the landscape and I would hate to see the same thing happen here. I don't think it will, but it's always, a, there are always difficult decisions with respect to what you want your community to look like and uh, those are conversations that happen in every town within the state of Connecticut with regard to development versus maintaining natural areas. Nature is here. It's We only have one. There's only one blue and green rock flying through space that we all inhabit. Be a friend to the creatures. The prime examples we can you know go back to history and look at is bats. Bats eat a lot of... People are afraid of bats. People freak out when they see bats, but that tiny little thing does so much for people and society and nature that we just have yet to even understand what all the insects and bugs and everything else that it eats, owls. Everything has a place in nature. Everything does what it does for a reason. And nature is one of those things that you can go down the proverbial, no pun intended, rabbit hole and just find any little thing so fascinating. When you're young, just those little experiences that kind of spark a flame that doesn't get ignited till you're a little bit older and understand looking back at those times that, wow, that was that little thing that, you know, I uncovered from a rock when I was six years old had more meaning than I'll ever know. And I think that's something that a lot of people are going to take out of this pandemic. So joining me again this morning, Jay Kaplan, the director of the Roaring Brook Nature Center over in Canton. Check out the trails. They're still open. The Nature Center's got a little limited hours because of COVID, but check it out when you can. Roaringbrook.org. Jay, if there's one last thought you can give the listeners this morning, what would it be? Well, 
I hope that everyone will, uh, first of all, what you said, I couldn't have said that better myself, Joey. And thank you for those comments. And um, we hope people will continue to get outdoors, uh, learn more about the world in which they live. Um, there's a famous saying that if you want to protect something, you need to learn more about it. Um, and the only way you can love something is to learn about it. And so thank you for having me. And um, we'll hope maybe to see you and your family up here at Roaring Brook Nature Center in the, month, in the months to come. We'll love to come out and check everything out because remember, great things happen at home in Connecticut. You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.